Today's episode of 10 Minute Misconduct is brought to you by Winkler Pizza and Steel Tree Design. Thank you for your support of junior hockey in the Pemina Valley. And now, 10 Minute Misconduct with Kevin Pauls. Hi, and everyone. Welcome to another wonderful episode of 10 Minute Misconduct. I'm Kevin Pauls, the voice of the Winkler Flyers, along with head coach Kelvin Check. And joining us today is Captain Jade McCarthy. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Steel Tree Design and Winkler Pizza. Uh, another opportunity here for us to talk uh, Winkler Flyer hockey, amongst other things. Um, once again, I'm pretty excited and, um, and yeah, ready to go here. Jaden, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad. How are you guys? Uh, pretty good, man. Won't complain, although it's, uh, I guess, a little bit cold to do anything outside. Yeah, it's it's freezing outside. I haven't been outside in a couple of days for more than 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> Just if you have to, run to the car and that's about it? Yeah, pretty much. I went to the grocery store once and it, I let my car warm up for like 10 minutes and it's two blocks away. So, <laughs> well, You guys are soft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. okay, okay, man. Do you know that in BC, if it's zero degrees and raining, it's worse than minus 30 and sunny? That is a scientific I've experienced a BC winter, and in a lot of cases here, you get dry, cold, that's fine. And we've had a really good winter up until now. Like, we've had, what, a total of, what, two and a half, three weeks of cold snap here, so... Yeah, it's no problem. I'm not going to... But also, you guys shut a whole city down with an inch of snow in Vancouver, too, so relax okay so let's let's more morris manitoba has its own uh, microclimate isn't that right garth you can't come at morris just me i, li- I like morris too much for you to just come at morris you can only come at me i won't i won't say anything morris is i hear a lot like morden where it's considered you know it's underneath its own type of bubble like god's country type of thing <laughs> well let's let's talk about morris a little bit that uh, you were born and raised in morris yeah, born and raised. And you played your minor hockey there? Yeah, I did. Played for the most part for my dad as my coach, so that was adding its own little fun to it at most times. Okay. Okay. Does your dad still have a lot of influence on your game? Uh, usually we end up arguing if we talk about it too much. So, you know, we'll watch a game together, and then he'll try and talk about it way too much after, and I'll have to kind of tell him to stop. But... <laughs> So, so you guys like you'll you'll watch a, a Winkler Flyers game on hockey TV and then you'll kind of analyze it. Uh, we have done that. We don't do it as much anymore. Mostly just NHL games, trying to compare and and whatnot, figuring out like you'll watch your position, what they're doing, and stuff like that. But yeah, lots of the time it ends in a disagreement. We'll call it, and then <laughs> that'll be it for that. Okay, day. fair enough. So, wasn't there? Oh, sorry, ahead. Kev. Wasn't there a game last year? You scored a hat trick. Or no, and the and the third goal was into an empty net. And wasn't there something with your dad there? He said he'd buy you a Big Mac, or he, he said he'd never seen you score into an empty net before? Yeah, he just said he'd never seen me score into an empty net just because I think either I was just sitting right deep in my net if I was in at the end of the like on at the end of the game, or I just hadn't been on at the end of the game. And <laughs> I don't even think I've ever thought <laughs> about shooting it into the empty net. And like I don't think I ever would unless I got past the red line and just feel too bad if I missed. <laughs> 
I think you were inside your own zone, if I remember correctly. Like you were inside the blue line on the on your le- on the wall on the left side. Yeah, honestly, I might I might have not man. even known it was five on five. <laughs> I block. <laughs> you just just muscle reflex, just go. Uh, thanks for that. I'm having a heart attack on the bench. When this is happening. <laughs> so, uh, so what type? Of, like you guys, you and your dad watch a lot of NHL hockey together. Yeah. Yeah, he's big into the Jets, but uh, I'm not a huge Jets fan this year. I like when they're uh, – I don't even know if I like them half the time, but I don't know. I like the local feel to them, but no, I'm not a huge Jets fan overall. So who's your team? Uh, I'd have to go with the Leafs. Oof. Okay. Yeah, and he's not a big right. fa- not a big fan of the Leafs in the way they play. So. Oh, your dad isn't? No. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. But you're you're kind of down with what they're with what they're the product they have on the ice this year. Yeah, when I was younger, I used to be a big like Ovechkin and Crosby fan, but now I'm kind of just a fan of the Leafs, the way they play and the players they have. They have so many cool players to watch on the team; it just makes it so entertaining. Well, there's certainly yeah, there's a lot going on. Like right now, what Matthews has a chance? What has he got? Eight goals in eight straight. Yeah, he's he didn't he didn't score he last didn't, night. Didn't though? No. No. <laughs> Well, they, I like there's this one Twitter, uh, the Twitter follow that I have, and he says uh, uh, Austin Matthews is on pace for 51 goals in so many games this year, and I think he does it, and he keeps That's changing so the numbers every time. But I'm kind of like, I, I, I do like what the Leafs have, have, as far as talent goes, like they've got a couple solid good scoring lines and enough other pieces to mix in. Uh, lots of young defensemen coming up too. Um, what, type of, what type of players do you have your eye on then with them? Uh, I like the Marner Matthews combination, obviously, but I, I'm a big fan of John Tavares too. I liked him when he was with the Islanders. Uh, okay. Who else? Yeah. That's about it for like, just watching guys that are just kind of straight up blow your mind. Sometimes the things they'll do with puck on the ice. So that's always really fun to watch. As, as far as some of those players are concerned, is there any, um, any specific players or maybe player attributes that you try to model your game after? Uh, I think most of these like really good players just like in the corner when they have the puck, they just, nobody really takes off their stick. They just move so much and spin off checks so well. I think that's a big part of my game. I like to like to take out of theirs is just like you, you don't want to lose a battle, especially when you have the puck first in your stick, you just kind of keep it and do what you can to keep it. Well, and, and speaking to that, I've watched a number of uh, Flyers highlights this week, and I can think of a, a, at least three or four, if not, where I talk about you in the corner coming up and all of a sudden a play happening really quick in, in front of the net. And I think that, to me, is the one thing that always amazes me, especially at the NHL level, is how players can keep their puck on a string in the corner with the, when they've got a body on their back. And not only that, they're aware of their surroundings. Like uh, Kelvin and I have talked a lot about uh, NHL power plays and how they work. And it's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> on NHL.com or, uh, the, I have the NHL package or game center when I'm watching. And there's always a box that comes in the corner that says critical power play between so-and-so and I'll literally click on every, every box. So I have an opportunity to watch. It's all coaching. Sheldon Keefe, he tells them not to give the puck away and they don't just like I tell Garth, Hey, just don't give the puck away and put it in the net. And he does it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, th- I mean, I, I know who I think deserves the credit, but you know, it's just me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Like, obviously, the coaches have a lot to do with it. And you look at some of the 
Yeah. Well, you look at the structure with some of the other groups, but I mean, you know, talking about the Leafs in specific, like they have a lot of firepower. So uh, it's the, yeah, they have, they have a one, two power play that can be pretty deadly and lots of guys coming up too. Like um, what do you think of the guys like Rasmus Sandin or um, uh, some of their younger defensive core that are coming up? Do you have any opinion on those guys? Uh, I didn't watch them a whole lot in the world juniors. I was kind of, I was kind of back and forth on watching it and not watching it until, until the playoffs kind of thing. It almost, that was like my phase where watching hockey was just like a bad thing. I was just like, well, I feel like we're never going to play again. And I was like, this is depressing. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I didn't watch a whole lot, but no, I was mostly just, I was a huge cousins fan. That's one thing. I know he's not with the Leafs, but I just, he was an absolute workhorse. He was incredible. So that was so much fun to watch. Yeah. He's a big body that can move and shoot that puck. Hey, yeah. Kind of remind me of a Jackson Arpin. A little more finish. Oh, yeah. A little more finish than ARPS, but you can figure that out. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully he listens and hears some of this. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. he does. <laughs> I'm on your side, Jackson. Way to go, buddy. Um, <laughs> so what else have you seen around? Like, have you been uh, – I know it's kind of painful. Uh, for me, too, I think um, – and I'm certainly not to the level of you guys being on ice or being used to being on ice uh, however many days during the week – is this been a little bit tough to adjust to uh, since the break in, in November, kind of sitting here and waiting for things to happen? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just you were so used to being around so many people at once. That was probably the biggest mm-hmm. transition for me. Like I, I can't just sit and watch a movie in the middle of the day or anything. I just feel too bored. I don't know. I just miss hanging out with the guys, right. but working out and whatnot. We can still skate on the outdoor rink and, work out but yeah no just messing around with the guys and like we'd sit at the rink for hours after practice and whatnot just because you had nothing else to do in the day we're pretty lazy but well and that's that's got to be i guess um one of the biggest things when you belong to a team like that how do you just go from group mentality and hanging with the boys to to not you know like uh, that must have been a, t- a tough adjustment for you well and that's a big part of our you know we have a big beautiful dressing room and our, our lounge is really nice and I mean there were times last year where I'd come in before practice to do pre-ice or do video and Trent Sandbrook is playing Fortnite and every single guy is like is surrounding him and cheering him on and then I just like get caught up in it and before you know it we're ten, we're all 10 minutes late for practice because we're watching Sammy play Fortnite and and I'm the boss, like I'm the coach. I'm the one who's supposed to, you know, it's like, oh, sh- we better go on the ice right now. But I mean, yeah, just when you say that, Garth, it's, I, I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. It's just with you, you're with the same 25 people and that's your routine day in and day out. And then all of a sudden you're left to your own mind. You know, that that's, it's not easy. Yeah. Not to mention Sammy, Tanner and, Yakubowski would show up to my house at like eight o'clock every night when my brothers go to bed to play mini sticks in my basement. <laughs> and it would just be full contact and like chaos. I didn't even have to play. They would just come to play themselves. Oh, really? They just show up to play in your place. Yeah, they just they just wanted to play mini sticks so bad. They'd have like the Tanner would have like the full goalie equipment on and he'd be screaming about somebody slashing his finger like two minutes in, and that'd be the end of the game half the <laughs> Well, it's good. It's it's good. You guys have fun, though. Is that probably one of the biggest things? I guess is that the biggest thing you miss about all of this? 
Yeah, that'd definitely have to be it. Every time I, I miss it too much, though, I just think about, like, I don't have to see Mike Svensson right now, so that's kind of a blessing. The kid's too crazy for me. So Okay, so there's a, there, there's a, there's a good and a bad side to it. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, well, maybe let's, um, let's delve into it a little bit more here on the back check uh, brought to you by Serious Marketing. Um, maybe we'll, I'll, uh, we'll ask you a couple different questions here, and we'll, we'll circle back to, the, to kind of the, the preparation and, and the communication side of things after a bit. Um, so, you know, you've, you've gone through your career. This is your third go-around in Winkler, correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so as a 17 and 8-year-old, did you see yourself as the future captain of the Winkler Flyers? Is that something you kind of could see or maybe a goal of yours? Is that something that was in your plans? Uh, I don't think you ever, I don't think that's something I'd make a goal of mine. It's kind of, I think natural leadership is a lot better than just kind of trying to force being a leader on yourself. I think it makes everything a lot better. Like you were to force it till now and then you were the captain, you'd have to keep forcing yourself and force it to come unnaturally. So no, I wouldn't say so, but Obviously, it's something you you want to be because it means you're doing something right. I guess. Did you did you change once once you were named captain? Like, did you kind of your modus operandi was that something continual? Did you have to alter the way you approach things, or was it just a kind of a natural progression? Uh, I think it was kind of just more natural from last year. I I wasn't wearing a letter or anything. We had a lot of great leaders on the team. Like we had. Townsend wearing a letter and then we had guys like Zeremli and Pullman not wearing a letter and that's just those guys were amazing leaders too so there's a lot to watch around the room like and pick up from so that helped a lot well we talked a bit about Zerem and uh and and Jaden Townsend um um last week too uh when those guys leave, uh, do you feel a bit of a void? Is there, is there other guys in the room with you that kind of that see that and jump in to fill those voids uh no, I think I think lots of guys you play with in a room and you play the whole season with, you get to know them so well that you just realize they're irreplaceable. Nobody's the same. But uh, mm-hmm. I played with Garrett throughout Midget too, and I remember I've always been sad every time that guy's leaving because he's just he's just hilarious. There's nobody that can crack jokes like he can. So that's always a tough one. And also like Griffin and and Bessie, those guys are just very unique humans, especially Griff. So. No, you don't replace them, but you find different <laughs> types of them. <laughs> so then do you see other guys uh, with an opportunity to maybe let their personality bubble up a little bit more when, you know, because you can only have so many character guys in the room. Um, maybe you see other dynamics play out with other guys. Is that something that happens? Yeah, usually that is. But last year, I think we had such an amazing group that just like everyone was so, so comfortable and open. I went to school with a guy and he played on our team last year and he, he was always really shy and whatnot. And he sat between Garrett and Bestland and they would just give him the hardest time every day for months and months. And then by the end of the season, he was just like an open spirit. He just did and said whatever he wanted. So no, everyone was their own person last year, but we haven't had the chance to bond like who that. You, who are you talking about? Enzy <laughs> yeah, Bucky. Bucky. Was right in the middle of those two. And they would just give him the hardest time to eat a sandwich that he'd bring to the rink. And he'd be so mad about it. He wouldn't talk until the one day he finally snapped about a sandwich. And that's the day he started talking every day. So they ate his sandwich that he brought. Yeah. They'd either just like take a bite of it and put it back when he was in the gym or something, or just eat the whole thing. And he would just not say anything every day. Cause he knew they were the 20 year olds. He was the rookie. 
and he would kind of just go along with it. And eventually he just started wrestling with Garrett in the middle of the room. And that's when you know he came out of the shell. <laughs> but it's it's funny that he's like he's one of the most respected guys I've ever and yeah, he was very quiet and and he moved on, but everybody loved that guy. Yeah. And he's just universally respected and he just I don't know, he he was like the glue in the room. He didn't play a lot, but everyone when he did talk, which was I mean, I hardly ever heard him talk, um, except when he told me about his love for buckwheat pancakes. <laughs> That's what I'll go. Oh. Anyway, I forget what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I can't remember either. Oh, <laughs> leadership. leadership. So, so yeah. then in, in regards to that, do you ever have to, do you ever make it, uh, make a point of it to go and kind of uh, lift someone up do you do you have to be more conscious of that is is there something that you go in with a mindset whereas hey i have to be really switched on here or is it like you said earlier is it all just part of the natural progression of being wearing the c uh i think the one of the things is you get new guys all the time and you kind of i've always taken it upon myself to go help them and show them where stuff is and last year we only had a couple returning players that had been there for a year or two more and this year it was just me that had been there for, for two plus years because Drake wasn't back yet. So that's kind of just like something I've always taken upon myself to go help them, show them around the room, show them where they get their towels, their sticks, their their tape and whatnot. So, because you kind of like being almost kind of can I say that you're almost like a hometown guy? Like you're from essentially the Pemina Valley. So you have a pretty good grasp on, you probably see the same people around playing your hockey for the, you know, for the, um, for the triple A midget Hawks, that type of thing. Like, uh, do you have a certain level of comfort in the area because this is where you've been able to play your hockey? Uh, I'm not sure. I think when I'm in Winkler, it still kind of feels like I'm away from home just cause I don't, I don't make it a habit to go home a lot, especially this year. You couldn't. And last year I just, I like to have my time alone at the billet house and, or just hanging out with the guys. I can get so busy doing stuff like we're at that golf simulator every night and whatnot. So no, I guess in a way I feel like a hometown kid, but at the same time, it just kind of feels like I'm a normal junior hockey player off playing hockey. Okay. So you've kind of insulated. That's kind of cool then. So you're, you're, you're home away from home, so to speak, and you're comfortable with that. That's, so you guys, you're talking about the golf simulator at the new bowling alley there. Yeah. Yeah, you got quite a bit of use out of that before the shutdown? Yeah, I mean, I, I would usually go for about like 30 minutes and then I'd be doing terrible and i just sit down and watch other people do it. But yeah, <laughs> like I think Ten Koppel was there every day probably and he's just begging, oh, really? begging people to go and everybody's like, well, I don't really want to go pay for that. And he's just like, he's there every single day <laughs> with a different person. So, <laughs> who's Who's the best golfer on the team? Oh... I'm not sure. I know might I've, be, I've uh, talked to Tukes a bit about it, but might be Tanner or Andrew. Honestly, Tukes is pretty good. I played with Tukes when we first got to Winkler this summer. Me and him went together, and he he just destroyed me. But Tanner Andrew was pretty good when we went to. You guys play mostly in Winkler, then? I know. Who, I know who's the worst one, Sully. Oh, yeah, yeah. We played, in Winkler, <laughs> but by far the worst is definitely Sully Shortreed. Like he, okay. That is the ugliest swing I've ever seen. You'd think for a guy who scored 30 goals and scores on a lot of one-timers would be able to hit the ball a little bit better. Yeah. He just like 
collapses his knees in all funky and stuff. It's it's gross to watch. <laughs> Looks like he doesn't have like ligaments in his arms or legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good to know for the for the when we all get together golfing one day when it's allowed. Yeah. yeah. I doubt he has the focus either. Like he's when Sully plays hockey, he's kind of just uh how do I say he doesn't like to doesn't like to think a lot. He just likes to do and react, which is a compliment. As much as when I bring it up in video sessions, everyone thinks I'm chirping him, but in golf you really gotta focus and that's that's not his thing. Well, I've I've done the exact opposite. I just I was just gonna say I saw him drive like five holes back just to go back to the snack cart when we were at the golf tournament in the <laughs> summer. So that's all he would do. He'd go like three holes up and he'd go back to the snack cart for another bag of chips. Well, he's got his priorities straight then. So, oh, Sorry, <laughs> so talking more about hockey, do, what, do you have, do you have a series of, um, you know, favorite memories or favorite games that you can recall of your time in Winkler? Uh, last year would have to be my favorite season. My grade 12 year, we were, we were just kind of a mess of a team. It was kind of a rebuild. It was, they came off being really good in grade 11. I played playoffs with them. That was a lot of fun as well. A lot of great older guys. And it was just awesome to come in as such a young, like I was still a kid then. And uh, they had guys like Bates and uh, Christian and Parrish. Those guys were all moved off to playing Division Three, but those guys were, were awesome to, to hang around, just even just sit there and watch what they do and how they are in the dressing room. But that and and last year would have to be by far my favorite. Other than that, I have never been on – like last year's team would have been the best team I've ever been on. We didn't even get to finish. Just haven't been on a big playoff team or anything. I don't think I've ever made it past the first round, honestly. So, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the other side of the coin too, right? Like last year there was all this anticipation and upswing and then you have the rug pulled from underneath you. So it's such a hard thing to grasp, hey? Like it's it's unprecedented who, is, who has had this type of thing happen to them before. It's kind of, well, not for the last hundred years anyway. So certainly something to adjust to. Um, so let's talk a bit about, you know, uh, when we were playing hockey, how did you find things under the, the COVID protocol? Like, was it tough to turn some of those outside things off and come to the rink and focus, or was it pretty easy for you? Um, no, I think it was kind of normal for me. Like, when we went back from Winkler, it was just me and my sister and her brother-in-law actually moved back in and we just, we were all living under the same roof kind of, and me and him just got in the same routine as we would. If we were playing hockey, we'd just wake up, we work out, and we'd be able to go golf and then we'd come back and we'd shoot pucks in the driveway or do like rollerblade hockey or whatever. So no, when I came back, it kind of just seemed like the same thing. You're quarantining, but it's a way better kind of quarantine because you see all these guys every single day and you get to talk to them and hang out. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had that benefit yeah, with it. Even if Does you're it, like uh... supposed to. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just kind of like quarantining, but at the same time you get to like a little cheat day every day with where you get to hang out at the rink and you could stay there for hours. Like Kelvin said, in our lounge and stuff and just hang out with the guys. So. Was it hard? Like, uh, I guess once things did shut down, what it was communication like between everybody, did you manage to stay in relatively good touch with everything uh yeah we have a group chat it's pretty active usually it's not very useful things going on just guys joking around or even just <laughs> Tukany sends 
a video of him dancing or whatnot. I think I get daily dancing videos from Ten Koppel. He thinks he's an incredible dancer and he's not bad actually, but he's not good enough to send videos. <laughs> dancing with the Flyers coming up next year. <laughs> Sorry, caught uh, Copper's 20, so no. No, yeah, he won't be returning, I guess, yeah. No. So what type of, with the way that the years worked out, what type of pressure does that put, if there is any, I'm not trying to say there is, but looking forward to next year, what type of things go through your mind with how to, you know, take this year and, and pivot into something something else or um, take what you've learned from your training and apply it to, to your next endeavor next year? Uh, I guess Calvin, Calvin probably knows better than most that there was like a, part where I would have been pretty stressed out and then very stressed out just kind of throughout the lockdown. But now I'm, I've kind of got a good head with it. It's just, I can't control it. So basically I just got to wait till I'm just in the mindset. I'm just going to wait till we start playing again. And if we start playing, I'm just going to, it's going to be a lot of built up uh, emotion that goes onto the ice for the first couple games. That's for sure. <laughs> and you know, to, to hear you say something like that, I mean, I've had you for a year and a half now. And I mean, even a year ago at this time, you would never like, I, I do feel like the stress would have buckled you, you know? And so, I mean, that's, and that's been a big part of your development as a leader too, is that you came in this year and it was very clear, you know, I kind of kept my mouth shut. I had my, you know, I had my, uh, what's, what's the opposite of, my opinion, or I knew what I thought about the leadership group and I knew what you were capable of, but I kept, I kept quiet. And then I kind of just let uh, Harry sort of make his own judgments and, you know, find his own perspective. And it was Harry who actually said one day, you know, it's very clear that it's, this is McCarthy's team. And I thought you were a, a good leader last year, just because you worked hard and you didn't really care what people, you know, you're, you're really good behind the scenes, but I think that is such an important part of leadership and even just mental health is understanding what you can't control, you know, and I know the guys really look up to you for that kind of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think that's benefited the team a lot. They really don't know. I remember when I was young, you're worried about Edson. So I got all these guys asking me, they'll text me and ask when this is, when that is, when we're starting. And if I know and whatnot, like as if I wouldn't tell them if I, if I knew if we were starting or not, but no. So that's, it's nice to help them out. And same with guys, like there's got to, there's always guys deciding if they should go to the Western league or, or stay here and whatnot. So, and I've done all that. So I think, I think I've got an opinion to them in that way, but at the same time I don't, cause it's, it's just your choice. So. Well, that's what I, th that, that's what I think is the best opinion is to give people what you know, right. Because you have gone through it and stuff with red deer and, you know, and back and forth and different leagues and whatnot, and people have to make their own decisions. So I think that is really something that you give to those guys is empowering them because it's ultimately they're responsible for themselves. Just like you're responsible for yourself. Just like Kev, you're responsible for that beard that you got, right. It's a, it's, it's up to you. So no, that's uh that's really cool, man. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear the insight. And I mean, 
there's so much like I was going to roll into that too for maybe we'll just switch right into the reality check uh, brought to you by Winkler Meats um, where we talk about the communication and and you know the relationships it's hard to it's hard now to build relationships not impossible um, do you find it do you find some of your leadership role going out to staying in contact with those guys or is there any that are readily like you said you get dancing videos from from Tenkoppel and, and Tukany is there anybody that you don't hear much from or that uh, are there any guys that are harder to get a hold of uh D- Daniel Isaac he likes to go off the grid he's I he's <laughs> I think he's from like the 80s or something it's like he doesn't have a phone or doesn't know how to use it like there's maybe he's figured out the secret. Yeah, there was one time I can't even remember what I needed to get a hold of him for, but I, I texted him. He hadn't answered for like five days or something like that. Not even got on his phone because it didn't give like notification. So I had to text his dad and his sister to get a hold of him because he just doesn't, doesn't go on his phone. I'm not sure what he does all day in Low Farm, but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, right. He's a Low Farm guy. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty barren yeah. out there and. Cane low yeah. farm area. Yeah. But uh, no, I think he's big into flight school and stuff like that. So he's probably studying hard, but no, I've made it a habit to text all the guys. Can't obviously talk to everyone every time, like every second of the day, but I've made it a habit to text all the guys every once in a while. Like we got new guys like Kyle crew who's out in Vancouver. Hadn't had a chance to like, get him, get to know him very much. So I've talked to him a lot over text actually. So that's been nice. Well, one thing you could ask him is where he's actually from. Where is he from, actually? C- Comox. Okay, yeah, that I wouldn't say that. I would still just say Vancouver. <laughs> it's a completely different city. I mean, that's like saying, "Oh, here we go." Oh, yeah, Jane McCart, Jane McCarthy's from Thompson. Oh, I, would, I thought you guys I would use the Morden Winkler thing. Oh, I would just say like, yeah, that too, I would that, just be like, yeah, I'm referred to as like from a Winnipeg kid for somebody in like Vancouver. They'd refer to me as a Winnipeg kid. I think you need to do a little bit more. Didn't you go to Banff last yeah, summer? I did. Like you, you've been around a little bit. You spent my some time my family's all out in Alberta, actually. Oh, so you've got some Western roots then? Yeah, yeah. My my parents are from. My mom's from Jasper, and my dad is from. Uh, he moved around a lot, but I'm not sure. My sister, one of my oldest sister, was born in Alberta somewhere. So. Okay. <laughs> Oh man! Well, it's good to have some. It's good to have some, I guess, uh, footprints across the country. Um, so then, uh, so in communicating, you said you've learned a bit from that. So, are there other lessons that you'd maybe take from this moving forward? Um, like maybe let's even talk about preparation or your workout habits. Is there anything now that you've done under COVID protocol that you would maybe adapt moving forward, or would you say to heck with it? I'd rather just go back to the old ways. Uh. I'm not sure. I kind of, I've kind of messed around with different diets as one thing I've done through this lockdown is just, it's interesting to understand whatnot. Like I'll watch, I'll watch videos or read up on like different kinds of diets and whatnot. Not that I'm trying to lose like a crazy amount of weight or anything, just, just for how I'll feel. I've had trouble with what I eat days before and on game days and stuff like that. So I've been kind of messing with that. No success really, I guess so far, like nothing that makes me feel mind-blowing different so we don't really have an outlet for it right now though either it's not like you can try a new game day meal and you know see how you test it out yeah exactly 
So what are, like, I guess let's talk a little about, bit about food. I do a little bit of, my kids always give me grief because I do this palsy eats thing every corn and apple where I basically test out every food truck on the street and then write a review on it and hashtag or tweet it out with hashtags. What are some of your go-to meals that you, uh, some of the things that, that you like to do before games and maybe even off days? Uh, I'm just big on chicken and rice, just nice and simple. If I'm cooking, especially if I'm cooking for myself, I'm not a very good cook. So just chicken and rice, just super basic, plain, or, plain chicken and rice. Uh, no, I'll put some seasoning on there. I like this chipotle mango stuff I've got now. That stuff's pretty good. If you see that in the store, I'd definitely buy it. But. Okay. We're talking. No, so I, you're just frying up some chicken yeah. and you're putting, putting some of the sauce on there. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's that's about it. And then just some rice and you just eat it. It's not very it's not a five star meal or anything. It just tastes normal and makes you feel decent. So that's what I've been sticking with. <laughs> Fair enough, man. If it- oh, what a bar. Feel decent. I have a question for you. Give me a couple examples. I know you had um pregame meals last year that other guys would eat to maybe teach you a little bit about what not to eat. So what are some of the worst pregame meals you've seen in the last, uh, in the last year or so? And I'm, I'm thinking of one person specifically. Well, I've got, I've got a good one that, that I ate this year, actually in main camp, when oh, you okay. switched me team to oh, the God. three games or whatever in the one day. So I finished, I finished my first game like r- early in the morning and then I played my second one and I thought I was done. And I went to Boston Pizza with Weber. And we got, I got like 20 <laughs> chicken wings or something like that. And I ate all of them. And you texted me as soon as I was done. And you told me I had to go play. And I was like, hey, whatever. It's like, it's, it's main camp. I don't have to like kill myself out here. But I had the worst heartburn. I'd never <laughs> had heartburn before. And then I had the worst heartburn. <laughs> I thought my heart was actually going to explode. And Ashley's getting me to drink water, but that made it hurt more. And I was just screaming at her to get me Tums. Thank goodness she's so nice. That would have hit me. But that was that was the worst thing I've ever done to my body. Oh, man. Wait till you get to play beer league and you put a pound of hot wings in there and then a couple liters of other beverages. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I'm cut out for it as much as I want well, to be. Uh, I watch my I, I watch my son Odin will go out the door before uh, playing uh, league in uh, in Cooley and uh, some of the stuff that he he throws down before going to play net. I couldn't imagine trying to do anything athletic. So I guess to each their own. Hey, Kel. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. When, when I saw Griffin Leonard eating a donut at three in the afternoon before a seven thirty game last year, and yeah, you say to each their own and. You know, it just it just drove me nuts. And he, oh, this is my this is my tradition. This is my routine. And sorry, Griff, but uh, he actually gave me permission to talk about that. But that's that's what I was that's what I was looking for. Is you know, times have changed, right? Fair enough. You don't even you don't even know half of it. He'd still have like a like a little can of Pepsi, like one of those just mini ones, because he said those weren't as bad. In fact, the bus <laughs> and like a bag of Skittles, some Welch's. It was always changing. Pretty sure he brought. Dairy Queen chicken guys, fingers the one time. I'm going to be you, completely honest. I think we're on our way to sell. You think? You think I don't know? You think I can't? But I can. I have a this freak. Like I just no. I know. I, I it's no. You can't. There's nothing. Oh, I don't know. It's like anyway. It's like hockey. That's awesome. Now I'm mad because I'm th- thinking about Griffin Leonard's pregame. Well, meal. I think I think Jaden, we figured a whole new purpose for this podcast, and 
I'm liking where it's going, getting out of their Kelvin skin a little bit. So <laughs> do that. Um, so, mm. so then uh, if like, let's say hypothetically we can get back or if we're looking forward to next year, what are some of the goals you have in mind um, moving forward? If you can't accomplish them, then. Uh, just, I just want to win. Honestly, I've never, like I said, I've never been on a championship team. I've won tournaments when I was younger, but I, yeah, I just want to win the league. I think that'd be an incredible feeling. That's basically all I think about right now. So I think I'll just leave it at that. Just win, win the league. It's my goal. Win it all. Well, that's a, it's a good mentality. Do you get, do you feel like uh, Winkler as a whole, like you guys get pretty good support before COVID uh, that, that uh, rink was pretty full on a, on a evening by evening basis. What was it like to play in front of that all the time? Uh, it was it was actually, it felt empty just because of the past years. Like even my first year, we, we weren't very good and we were losing. Like we lost a game, I think like nine, nothing to Winnipeg the night before. And we mm-hmm. came back and played them again and we still had a sold out rink. I was like, that's, that's insane. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, isn't it, it? Yeah. But they, they're loud. They're, we definitely have the best fans like us and Steinbeck. Those they're crazy. They, they love the game, so that's always nice. Yeah, you can't really ask for much more than than good local support. And we talked a bit about it yesterday, and it, it's not just or last week, sorry. Um, how it's not just a Winkler thing per se. It's do you have a following of people that, that come out from Morris that you see that you kind of recognize some friendly faces from your hockey past? Uh, yeah, lots of my lots of my buddies will make out the trip together and. I don't know. I played, I played with uh, a lot of different guys from, I played with the older kids when I was in minor hockey and I played on the high school team, just like as a, as an AP while I was playing AAA. So I met a lot of different guys and they all kind of seem to come out and support every, every once in a while, a couple games a year, but this year they, it was pretty hard for them to get tickets. So. Yeah. Under the circumstances, I can see that. Um, I mean, let's hope that this is the last of it. I know that this is something that we certainly don't necessarily want to have to ever deal with again. And and I know I can't wait to get back to a, to a full rink and, and see you guys play uh, once again, Calvin, is there anything else you wanted to go over today? Nope. You're right. You got me. Uh, I'm all, I'm all wound up now. So just, yeah, hoping, hoping for the best and well done. Well done, Garth. How about, well, well how about that time that you came into the rink and you said it was like a light practice and I wore two different colored socks and you started going off? Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, what happened? Just because it's a light practice doesn't mean it like doesn't mean you get to not be a professional and look like his a His biggest clown. his biggest uh pet peeve was if you wore different colored socks than your jersey or different colored socks and you look basically if you look funny goofy dumb i don't know but the one day we had won like three games in a row on the weekend i was like oh calvin's feeling loose all the guys are in the dressing room and i brought out (laughs) two different colored socks before he came in for pre-ice and i was like should i do it should i do it and everyone especially garrett screaming he's like yeah yeah do it it'll be so funny (laughs) so i made myself look like a christmas tree basically it was right before christmas and uh, Kelvin comes in, he starts doing the meeting a little bit, and he looks over me sit- sitting on the ground, and he just, he just lost his mind. He was so, so bad. I, and at first, I couldn't tell if you were kidding or serious. That's the worst part. I had, I had no idea. <laughs> but then just before you could get too mad and kind of 
rip into me too much. Garrett's Remley goes, he's like, well, there is no other socks for him to use. And Kelvin's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, I brought them home. I to, knew to it. Make a for- to make Liar. a fort. <laughs> Everyone just starts killing themselves laughing. Like, well, I don't know where this guy comes up with this stuff. But that, that definitely saved my, saved my life. So I put on some white socks <laughs> over top and went out for practice. So it was Remley that said to make a fort with him? Yeah, he just like came up with some weird thing that he took all the socks in the dressing room to make a fort. And oh, everyone started really... laughing. Yeah. So this was a premeditated thing, hey? Huh. Yeah, premeditated exactly. This is, you know what? I I rarely, I rarely like, I rarely snap. I don't, you know. I, I mean, you can, you can disagree if you want, Garth, but I don't really yell at the guys. It's just, you know. Um, but yeah, the one thing that I just, I remember that day like it was yesterday because I have a lot of time to think these days, and instead of sleeping at night, I think about people coming out with different color socks. So thanks again. Thanks a lot you for bringing that. I remember. You even gave me a look this year when I wore my black helmet on the day we were wearing white helmets and you, you came charging over to me as soon as I get up get on the ice. And he's like, you're like, where's your, like, where's your helmet? You're like, where is it? I was like, it's, it's broken. Calvin. He's like, okay. <laughs> was that no, that too? Was, I was like in the dressing room with Carrie and Carrie's trying to fix my helmet. And I was, he's like, he's like, just wear the other one. I was like, no, like Calvin's going to be mad. It's like, he's not going to believe me. <laughs> I almost skated out with the broken one to show you. Yeah, you probably should have. Well, from now on, from now on, now you know me. If that anything well. is missing or is broken, it's just been taken home to be put into fort making. So, yeah, Garrett's or Emily's at home wearing a helmet and having a cage rage with, <laughs> with his dad or something like that. <laughs> him, him and Griff. Well, it's it's good we can work these things out, um, and so that other people can listen along with us. I I think it's got to be very therapeutic for the both of you. So, and me just as a sheer observer. So. Uh, it's nice to it's nice to lift the lid off a little bit and show people what I have to deal with <laughs> on a weekly basis. Yeah, socks and broken helmets, yeah. man. You got it tough. <laughs> yeah, but but I never step on the logo, even if I do get mad. That's right? true. You come close every time. That's a that's another game in the dressing rooms when you're walking around during your pregame speech. Nobody's that focused because you get like so close to it and you never look <laughs> down, and you're like millimeters away from stepping on it, and everybody's just watching their feet like oh oh. And that's all that goes on. <laughs> one time, one time I, one time I saw, I knew I was just, I was, I was fired up and into it. And I looked over at Alex Catani and Alex Catani is a funny kid with a great sense of humor. And he was looking straight at my feet and, and it was all I could do to not, cause just not lose my mind and start laughing. Like, I don't know. It's tough though, uh, but it's, it's like a sixth sense. Like I, I know what I'm doing. Get everyone, get everyone into it. Has no one has no one ever uh, stepped on it before? Uh, there's been well, not if they don't want to get. Yeah, there's that. been new guys that that come in and like a lot of uh, guys that are playing midget triple A that are coming in for a skate. Someone will walk right across the room, walk right over it, and everyone will scream at them and start throwing stuff at them. And then there's the other guys that you see clearly know, and they take like a ten foot lap around it to make sure to avoid <laughs> it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a pretty well recognized rule everywhere isn't it yeah i think yeah, i think when you walk in for the first time you don't know anybody there you maybe know one guy you're really really nervous around all these older guys are playing junior hockey and you're just your brain's turned off you're just like okay hey, get to my stall don't look at anybody look down it's like going to prison for the first time it's like look down <laughs> mind my own business just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Well, I, I walked into the, the Hawks room one day here in Morden, and uh, I think it um, might have been Reed, Reed or Jeff Andrews was, was the coach. And uh, I was walking in, and I was like, wow, because they just redone it. I think they put in new locker or yeah. new stalls and stuff. And I might have been looking at that, and they had the Hawks carpet in the middle, and all of a sudden, everybody was gasping because I was within, you know, a foot or so. I was like, <gasps> I was like, cool. I would have felt terrible. Like I can only imagine that's pretty, pretty sacred stuff. You don't want to be the only dummy that does that. Sacred is the right. I mean, we we completely changed the look of our team, and we have a brand new logo. And it took months, you know, months and months of planning and getting it just right, and getting input from, you know, different people, including players and. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, doesn't it? Sacred. Sacred is the right word. Like well, let's, uh, let's keep building it up, you guys. Um, I can't say enough. Thanks for joining us today, Jaden. It's, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to another opportunity and hopefully, uh, hopefully sooner than later, I get to watch you play hockey again. Thanks for having me. Bye, Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do this again. As always, Kelv, thanks for this. It's been a, been another great edition here of 10 Minute Misconduct and, We'll be, we'll be back to do this again sometime. Thanks a lot for listening long, folks, and we'll see you again.